Caulfield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in, Reno. This is actually the final hour of our show for Las Vegas as well. We're going to hand it off to the national call of the NLCS. Padres and Phillies are on the way. Adam Candy is in as the company. Jared's helping out today, filling in for Ari. It is time to do the Big Four at four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right, Candy, Vegas Golden Knights on the road before they in for three straight home games. Good start. 3-0 and so far. They're plus 140 dogs against Calgary. What happens tonight? Well, we know that this has been a house of horrors for the Vegas Golden Knights over the years. They have not played well in Calgary. This is a very different Calgary team, though. Don't go in looking for Kachuk and Gaudreau. You're getting the uh, the Huberto and Uyghur version of the Calgary Flames. And you can't ask for more than you've gotten out of EGK from the start, right? Like, you've gotten enough scoring and you've gotten enough goaltending. That's it. Like, just get through this part of the season. Figure out what you have in net. Hope that your superstars continue to you know play at a representative level. Everything's been fine for VGK thus far. I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna talk about early tests or anything like that. It's the fourth game of the season. But you just know that this has been a challenging place for them to play over the years. Number three. Well, speaking of early tests, oh, I'm not supposed to use that. Um well, I do think watching the Lakers and the Warriors this year is gonna be a lot of fun. Because of a couple of dudes, one on each side, and how they will blend in. And if they're going to be around come the end of the season, what are you more fascinated by? Draymond Green working his way back in with the Warriors and repairing his relationship with many? Or Russell Westbrook somehow blending in with the Lakers for as long as this lasts? Whatever the sixth or seventh man for the Los Angeles Lakers is doing will not determine whether or not this team wins a championship this year. It's about whether Anthony Davis is on the court, period. If Anthony Davis can be on the court, not injured, and playing next to LeBron James, they have a chance. Other than that, I don't need to know what's going on with Russell Westbrook because it's a sideshow. But on the other side, with your boy Dr. Dre, we are going to have Zapruder film level coverage of every time Poole and Green are on the court together and right. every interaction they have who passes the ball to who right, who right. doesn't pass the ball to who who gives a high five who celebrates on the bench the warriors have all sorts of drama around them this year and that's not something you usually get to say about the defending champions it's delicious did pool and dre look at each other what does that mean what does that mean you know the funny thing is i'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are like oh it's fine these things happen you know it'll all work out i don't know man it seemed like steph curry was out on this and do you feel like Steve Kerr really had final say in this whole thing? Or was he overruled? Was this a, a team decision? Because when they announced, hey, all it would be was a fine, you're not going to know what the fine is. He's not going to be suspended. I mean, he quickly pivoted to, we have a lot of growing to do and a lot of repairing to do. No, I just said Jim Irsay was the perfect guy to deal with Dan Snyder. Yeah. Steve Kerr is absolutely the wrong person to have to deal with this, knowing that he was on the other end of a Michael Jordan punch That's good point, back yeah. when he was the number two guy. So he's not the right face of this. So whether he made the choice or not, Steve Kerr is just going to be in a tough spot trying to defend it. And I think 
Joe Lacob and Bob Myers, the brain trusts of the Warriors, made the only statement they needed to make by announcing Jordan Poole's extension mm -hmm. about a week after this whole thing happened and yep. made clear, you know who's staying? Jordan Poole. That's all they had to say. Seven and a half is the number on that one. It's a seven o'clock start. Lakers on the road against the Warriors. Why is the number? Does that number look right to you or does it look small? No, because Anthony Davis is healthy, right? Like hmm. you have to treat the Lakers as a team with two superstars as long as Anthony Davis is actually on the floor. I, I want to see it with the Lakers, like everybody else, right? Like, we just need to see it happen. Can, I don't care. Can Russ be a contributor? I don't know. I don't care. I want to see Anthony Davis out there not trying to necessarily play back to the basket as the five, just helping the team in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, I get the feeling that there's going to be a lot of game management, time management, load management, if I can finally get to the right term, with the Warriors. And mission number one is making sure that Steph and whatever you can get from Dr. Dre and Clay, but Steph and Clay and then Draymond Green, that they're going to manage their minutes to make sure that they're you know, full, ready to go when it really matters. But I think the other important thing that needs to be established, if they need to move on from Draymond Green, these young guys they've been cultivating, who they didn't use in the playoffs last year, they got to be ready this time around between Wiseman and Moody and Johnny Kaminga. So I think you're going to see a lot more mixing into those guys, and maybe that's a little bit reflective in this number that – the superstars are not going to be playing 38 minutes a night. The young guys are going to get lots of time early in the season to make sure everyone is ready to go at the end of the season. The truth of the matter is, if these young guys, even two of the guys you just mentioned, develop at all, this might be the deepest Warriors team that we've seen. And that's saying something. That's even with Draymond Green basically being, what, Tony Allen at this point, just a defensive specialist to lock down someone on the other side. Like, they could be really good. And like you said, you're going to manage them because you've got Denver. You've got the Clippers. You've got Dallas. You've got the Lakers. You have all sorts of teams to contend with in the Western Conference. I don't think the Warriors, with or without a full complement from Curry and Clay Thompson, are guaranteed to be the number one seed when it comes down to playoff time. Just get in and let the, the uh, experience take over. I feel like... Lakers fans and Raiders fans share the same dilemma when they look up, right, at the Chiefs and the Warriors, and they're like, wait a second. They have good young players, too. They're nailing it in the freaking draft. Like, they already have Curry. They already have Mahomes. Now they're good at the draft, too? Come on. It's got to be frustrating. Number two. Number two. I'm going to give you the floor here because I don't think we're we're thinking the same thing. When it comes to New York football in the NFL, things are looking good right now, right? What are they, 9-3 combined? And I know, you know, the, the tri-state area is rejoicing. I think, you, you, how did you put it? You sent over a note which one of us is going to have our hearts ripped out, basically. My heart will never be ripped out again by the Jets. Never. Never. Well then, you're, well, then you're the wrong person to have this discussion, you callous old man. I know. Why don't you believe in love anymore, Cofield? You should tell the SF <laughs> that you don't believe in anything, that you don't feel anymore, because uh, that's what you're telling me. The Jets have broken your heart too many times. You're not willing to get excited about a 4-2 and two team? I'm very hardened. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm excited? Because for the first time in a long time, on Sunday mornings when they're the eighth game 
uh, on the set, you know, uh, on all the different TV sets, and you're like, man, they're not going to put them on in this bar, are they? I will actually, I don't walk up in shame and ask, like, hey, can you put the Jets on? Like, I can actually go up with a loud voice and go, hey, the Jets, they should be on one of the TVs. Because, honestly, the last couple of years, I'd get there, and I'm like, well, they're not on. I don't I don't have the uh, temerity to go up and ask for a freaking Jets game on. So, little progress, little progress. But I know you're very excited about your Giants. Well, I, Cofield, by the way, if you want to solve that, you could go to the International Theater at the Westgate Superbook <laughs> on Sunday mornings where yeah. all the games are on giant HD screens. You never have to ask the bartender to put on your game. Uh, 1,500 seats. Uh, Very nice. It's open starting at 8 in the morning. So, just, Adam Candy, Sunday it's football preview show. Hey, wait, hey, what? Hey, what? What? I, I, the, you cut out a little bit there. So, yeah, I am excited about the New York football giants, and I am, I am, I am announcing that I am back on the market. Hey, what? I'm ready to get my heart broken again. Okay, you're good. I'm ready. You're going I'm back to ready a relationship. To get cut down once again. Yes, I'm. I am announcing to the New York Giants that they are allowed to break my heart once again. I'm no longer rooting for draft picks. I'm rooting for the New York Giants to win. They're five and one. They're probably going to make the playoffs just by default in the NFC at this point. So no, I, I don't think they're good. Uh, DVOA doesn't think they're good. PFF doesn't think they're good, but you know what? They're five and one, and their coach has a plan. Yep. That's just it. They, go read Dan Duggan's breakdown on The Athletic of what they're doing right now to create opportunities. Ted Wynn did one, too, in terms of Brian Dable is actually giving them a chance to make Daniel Jones good. And they've done this without any receivers and without their best defensive player up until last week with Leonard Williams having been hurt. Darius Tony hasn't seen the field. Kenny Galladay is still encased in carbon. Like they, they have been able to make things happen. And oh, by the way, they still have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL down the stretch. They have not even played the Washington Sny Dogs yet. So I feel good about being a Giants fan, and I'm going to feel good about that all the way up until they stomp my heart out and end up 9 and 8. Isn't it exciting to feel, though, that your organization finally hired a real coach? Oh, my. Oh. The, the fact that I no longer have to deal Joe with Judge. Joe Judge or Pat Shermer or the assistant yeah. principal, Ben McAdoo, yeah. like yeah. none of those guys are here anymore. But most importantly, you know who's not here anymore? And then you see my little computer fingers making fun of analytics, yeah. making fun of the, the information. Yeah, Dave Gettleman's gone. We have a real GM, too. Just to show you my confidence in the Jets, uh, Willie started down this whole New York football thing yesterday, and we made a bet on the Jets' win total for the season. Um, the adjusted win total for this show is Jets seven and a half, and guess who took the under? <laughs> your, your favorite Jets fan. Your favorite Jets fan will, <laughs> will will not believe I still took the under seven and a half. Number one. Are the Raiders about to make some moves to shore up some weak spots and maybe move along from some guys that just did not work out? I mean, they might be, but the problem for the Raiders is who's behind them. And those guys who are supposed to be behind them have actually been in front of them. No, this isn't a riddle. Jeremy Fowler reporting on ESPN.com earlier today that the Raiders are engaging teams around the league on Cleveland Furl and on Jonathan Abram. Uh, if you're wondering, do those two names have one thing in common? Yes, they do. They're from the John Gruden and Mike Mayock era. And it seems pretty clear that Ziegler and McDaniels are ready to move on from everybody from under that regime they didn't pick up the fifth year option on either one of them the problem is that if you look at how those guys have been playing it's not great 
But what position does Cleo Furro play? Edge defender. Second-rated edge defender in the league right now is Max Crosby. You know who's down in the 80s? <laughs> Chandler Jones. Yep. You know who's in the mid-50s? Cleland Furl. So if you get rid of Cleland Furl, you better hope that Chandler Jones is going to come through. Jonathan Abrams down at the bottom of the list of PFF graded safeties. You know who's below him in the bottom five? Trayvon Merrick, their second pick from uh, last year. Oh boy. So right now, if you're going to go ahead and trade guys who have not played well, and look, Cleland Furl and John Abram have not been what the Raiders expected them to be, no matter who the coach is. But right now, they don't have enough performers getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. And Steve, I've got to throw this stat at you while we're talking about the Raiders' defense because this was one of the more interesting stats that I've seen of late from football outsiders talking about how the Raiders have performed against passes over the middle this year as we talk about their safety play in particular. Raiders' defense against passes over the middle. 83 attempts, 71 completions. 812 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 80.7 completion rates. That's not right. Nine yards per attempt. That's that. Did you just say 71 of 83? That's not right. 71 of 83. You can take it up with Aaron Schatz and football outsiders because that's what they say the Raiders have done over the middle. Oh, by the way, Nate Hobbs is on injured reserve for a month. Yeah, that was devastating news yesterday. I know you like the PFF numbers. A Hobbs PFF overall number two defender on the team. You know, Furl's actually got pretty decent numbers. I mean, he's not playing a lot. He's only got like 115 plays. They've made him somewhat useful. But to your point, John Abram, who uh, was a bit cantankerous a few weeks ago for about four straight days in the locker room, you know, so not only playing poorly on the field, but also being a uh, pain off the field. I If they can find a taker for John Abram, good luck on that one. You're listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour, 766-1400 is the number. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Adam Candy's in as a company. Cofield, Jared's helping out. Ari with the day off. All right, your Yankees did it. Your Yankees did it. What's the – I haven't looked ahead for a series price – What's the series price? Astros and Yankees. By the way, Yankees win 5-1 over the Guardians. The dream is dead. Sorry, Cleveland. Oh, okay, I can breathe again. You were going crazy. Uh, you were going Astros. crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Go not crazy! During these Go games. crazy! No. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Broncos country, let's ride! No, uh, it appears to be uh, Astros... <laughs> Minus 250 in the ALCS, which is about right. No. Look, the Astros are a better team. No, they're not minus 250. They're a better team. They're a better team. They're a better team team and a better organization right now for sure. Doesn't mean the Yankees can't win the series. Come on, don't try to put the reverse kibosh in the whole thing. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) Wait, here on the show or in the ALCS? See? Well, oh, well, I mean, look, the, the, the honor of being part of the company oh, wow. uh, far outshines anything. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. By the way, uh, I don't know if you just caught Glaber Torres there at the end of the game, but remember when uh, Remember when Josh Naylor rocked the baby after he hit the home run off Garrett Cole? And, did. Yeah. Uh, Glaber Torres caught the final out, eh. then looked directly into the Cleveland dugout and rocked the baby. Suck it, Ohio. Man, I just wish teams would win with class, play the game the right way. Joy is not allowed. Trash talking is not allowed. Mm-hmm. 
we play today, we win today. That's it, in the words of the great Mariano Duncan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I, look, I don't have a lot of hope. A, I have a lot of hope for this, for this ALCS. I, I don't have a lot of hope for this ALCS, but okay. at the same time, like if they if they manage to win this, you think Bischoff is insufferable? Talking about the Astros, I will be someone who is radioactive. You will not be able to talk to me. Tyler Bischoff, our morning host here in Las Vegas on ESPN Las Vegas for the mm. Reno mm. folks. You're uh, you're missing a great show, so check it out online at lvsportsnetwork.com. That's where it streams seven well to ten well in done. the morning. Seven to ten in the morning. All right. So, you're the one guy who's in the company, who's on this show, that I didn't get to discuss Devontae Adams with. I don't think. Maybe we did last week. But anyway, nothing's happened to Devontae Adams for the uh, push that was heard around. And I don't even know if it was heard around Kansas City. It's funny. Uh, we talked to a couple of Kansas City media people, and they're like, yeah, we were more concerned about the roughing the passer on Chris Jones than the push on Devontae Adams. Are you surprised that the NFL has done Zippo? I'm absolutely shocked that the NFL has done nothing. I'm absolutely shocked that everyone is just trying to walk right by this. You know, our, our buddy Adam Hill, who this is not about Adam. Adam's just doing his job. Had a story in the RJ talking about how Devontae Adams had a big weekend, had his number retired at Fresno State, drove the pace car at the NASCAR race out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Y'all, did we just not watch the guy who was supposed to change the entire Raiders franchise? on a one-in-four team, take a camera guy and shove him to the ground and now get charged with assault for it? Do we all miss that? Is that just something that we're going to all be cool with and we're all going to move on from? Because Devontae Adams, by all accounts before this season, was a good dude, came to the Raiders in part because he wanted to be closer to his family. His grandparents had never seen him play. All those things are wonderful. But he also has been very, very clear about stepping out front this year in a lot of ads, right? We've seen him do ads for uh, for tacos. We've seen him do ads for laundry detergent. He has been a face. So we're okay with the fact that the guy's been charged with misdemeanor assault for shoving someone to the ground, giving them whiplash and a concussion? It just feels weird to me that everyone is just going to walk right on by this, you know, especially because normally if this happens, it's with a winning team and we all want to gloss over it. The Raiders are 1-4, and there's not a lot of hope they're going to make the playoffs this year with a team that went all in and has the second most dead cap money in the league going into next season. What is it that makes us okay with just walking right by this? So, I don't know. Maybe the NFL can bask in the Jim Ursay glow right. of going after Snydog for a little while and ignore <laughs> right. this, but here in Vegas, I'm surprised that we're still dealing with Devontae Adams being on the field in this situation and not having dealt with NFL discipline as yet. All right. Lot to unpack there. Um First of all, do you think the cashier at the taco place feels comfortable telling Devontae that breakfast is over? He shouldn't. <laughs> he abs- uh, he's, he goes back to talk to Dan. You know, Dan, who works in the back. There's a lot of them there. Dan's in the back, and he's going to be the one that has to come out and tell Devontae Adams that he got there at 11, uh-huh. and they can't get his special crunchy yep. wrap. So, sorry, if I do I'd it for you, terrified. I've got to do it for everybody. I'm sorry, that commercial, right. is, that commercial is funny. Devontae's like, everybody, oh, it's, it's, it's my house. It's my house. Um, I was not suggesting that Devontae Adams is a chronic pusher. That he would, he would step behind the counter and push the poor guy to the ground. Um, listen, I was, I was really angry on Monday night seeing the video, and it was more about Devontae looking at the guy and not 
picking him up or helping him up. Uh, but the more angles I saw, should he have pushed him to the ground? No. I think he was a bit startled that the guy jetted in front of him. Are you sure that – what do you want? You want a suspension from the NFL? You want a fine? What do you want? What do you want for Devontae Adams? I mean, I mean, look, the, fi- the fine is the bare minimum. The, the fine is the absolute bare minimum. You have to show that a situation that took place in front of the entire country – look, this was not like against the Jags at 10 a.m. This is in your primetime game right out in front of everybody. And he did something that injured a worker on the sideline – part of the crew covering the game and thus far nothing's happened do i think a one game suspension would be inappropriate no i don't think it would be inappropriate but i also feel like the nfl is going to try to wait this thing out and wait to see if everybody calms down a little bit and see if they can get away with finding them twenty five thousand dollars and moving on oh it'll be something real quiet on like thursday that's my guess it's not going to be a suspension if if there if it was going to be a suspension it would have happened already It'll be a small fine. Can I give you another side to this? And I'm not going to go as far as I saw a cameraman commenting on this about it's the player's domain. We are honored to be on the field. Like, shut up. Okay. Relax. Someone got pushed to the ground. Someone can help. The guy who pushed him to the ground can stop and help him up. That irked me. But I will say when you're on the field, you know, I'm, I'm doing sidelines around UNLV. When you are on the field, it is a bit hectic, and I could easily walk in front of the tunnel and block a player. Um, Every G-damn game, I look around, and I'm standing in front of that effing net for the kickers. (laughs) Candy, I swear, even even this last game, after I saw Devontae Adams push the guy down, I am in la-la land because I'm I'm trying to take pictures, and I'm watching the sideline, watching conversations, and I catch myself at least once a game where I'm like, all right, I'm going to get punted in the face. Got to stop. Can I give you, this is very inside info, and I don't think it's, it's actually a very complimentary story for the player. I got spat at on the UNLV sideline. What? Now watch, this will be pulled, that right there will be pulled out of context. No, the, the game wasn't going well, right? I'm over by the offensive lineman. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to kind of get the mood and see what certain guys are playing. It's not, not like I'm giving away state secrets because I half the time I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about, right? This stuff is like next level. But um, they're super frustrated, and it wasn't an anger spit. I think one of the linemen turns around and just spits on the ground like probably less than a foot from my shoe. It was Amani Trigright, who I've talked to, I've interviewed, he wants to get into broadcasting. And he, like, instantly was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, I didn't say it to him, but I was like, dude, if you, if you spit on me, like, in this environment, you don't see me there. It wouldn't have been that big a deal. But I appreciated the fact that the kid was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. So there could have been trouble there. You know my temper. No, I'm kidding. Now, some th- things happen on the sidelines sometimes. Um, but like to, to my, you, you get my point here, Amani Trigg Wright looked and was like, holy crap, I almost spit on that old guy. He's too fat to get out of the way. I feel bad. Devontae in frustration after a loss pushes a dude to the ground and he looks at him and he's like, yeah, I want no part of that. Just get out of my way. I'm leaving. That, that was, I think that was the, the thing that irked me the most in the Devontae case. So, and in the end. This is not the first time that Devontae Adams has dealt with a photographer being right in front of him, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. 
what are we going to say? Because he wanted to leave because he's getting out of the tunnel because they lost. Like there, there's no good excuse for it. There isn't. If someone darts in front of me, I'm walking down the street and some nut job darts in front of me and is standing right in front of me. I'm probably going to stop or back off. I'm not going to shove them down to the ground. And this guy had no hands to stop himself from going down to the ground. He's trying to take pictures and do his job. So, look, I, I, usually I'm the old man yelling at clouds anyway, so that's fine. I'll keep yelling at clouds, and and everybody will look at me like I'm crazy. And like, oh, you, want, you hate the Raiders. You want Devontae Adams to be suspended. No, I don't want was Devontae that, Adams to be suspended. Who was that, I just want who was to that on the sideline. How hammered, how hammered is that guy getting on you? That was, that, was a good, that was a good hammered voice. Nice job. Oh, no, I'll, I'll – I'll, no, the greatest thing that I have in terms of a story for that was I remember being 12 years old, rolling down the sidewalk, uh, I believe on Tropicana, and I was driving, I was riding my little bike, going up to the baseball card store, and like, here's another bike coming the other direction, a dude with no shirt on, I'm swerving one way, he's swerving the other way, we're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, he, he just swerves right into me, and it. knocks me over, bloody, on the ground, and the dude just kind of looks at me like, Oh, and I walked into the Western wear store and got myself all cleaned up. He didn't pick me up. He didn't do crap. He was Devontae Adams. What a terrible story. This explains a lot about you. <laughs> I didn't know you were disrespected so badly and beat up and injured. That's a, that's a scar that doesn't go away. By a my drunken friend. guy on a bike on Tropicana. Wow. You know, I was just going to broach the topic of sidewalk and pathway decorum, but I'm afraid to even go there with you. I think if a I think if a woman little old lady walks by you and she doesn't turn the shoulder, Candy's right into her. He's like, I remember the bike incident. No one will disrespect me Whoa. ever again. I'm just saying I'm not moving. No, I'm not moving. Grandma, you go wherever you want. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Candy Astros. Now that the Yankees have beat the Guardians, Astros and the ALCS are minus one seventy-five. You want some of that Yankee action? I do not. I will pass on that. Well, I do okay. not believe the Yankees are going to win this series. Keep in mind, the New York Yankees. The two games that they beat the Astros, that they played this year. The only time they led in either of those games was on the walk-off. They have not led the Astros at any point this season. I don't have a lot of confidence. But it would be nice to see the evil empire Astros lose, wouldn't it? As I just texted uh, our friend Tyler Bischoff, the Astros fan, gentlemen, start your buzzers. A team developed through the system, but also bought and paid for via some big trades. Evil Empire Astros. I root against the rich and the evil. And, you know, this has been quite a week for a little payback. Now, that said, I don't know that either one of these guys is actually going to have to pay it. I think one will and the other one will come up with some scam to not. But how about the week that Al Jones, better known as Alex Jones, and Stan Kroenke, better known as Stan Kroenke. How about the week for the two of them? They just got judgments for a combined... $1.536 billion that they need to pay. That's a lot of money. 
Yeah, Stan, uh, Stan Kroenke is right now considering his legal options for you putting him in the same breath as Alex Jones. But uh, I understand hey, for, you know what, coming for, from For there. St. Louis sports fans and people who put up money for that stupid stadium in St. Louis to bail before any other term was over. Actually, $571 million from Stan Kroenke is a bargain because some people thought he was going to have to pay St. Louis over a billion, then start roping in the other owners for them to throw money in and uh, – he did St. Louis dirty, and it should be a warning to everyone out there. We're seeing what Nashville is putting up. Is it eight hundred? No, it's one point four billion. I think it's one point four billion, and the Titans are paying eight hundred million for a new stadium. Meanwhile, whatever their place is called is less than thirty years old. And I don't know. I mean, it's I probably won't be around, but. In what what would it be now, 27 years? Or are we going to be looking at the Raiders and the Raiders are saying, uh, sorry, man, the Al, it's obsolete. We need a $4 billion stadium. What Kroenke did to St. Louis was horse crap. So I'm glad if he does have to pay this 571, if it actually does happen, I'm glad it's happened. You know that LA Rams season ticket holders after getting their Super Bowl would gladly start a GoFundMe to pay the bulk of that like sure you think we'll pay off st louis are you sure no problem you sure you know la fans we're cool with that yeah how about this one i how about this one i think it was tongue-in-cheek but people took it seriously did you see uh tennessee actually tweeted out to knoxville that hey you took our goalpost and threw it in the river after the big one over alabama uh we need some money to replace those goalposts and people flipped the f out i think they were kidding but that said, as of two days ago, uh, some sort of GoFundMe, it actually raised like $35,000 for new goalposts. But a lot of people responded like, uh, your endowment is this. You're getting $55 million a year from the SEC. Calm down, Tennessee folks. Uh, there's a little price to pay when we're having fun and you pull off a big upset. You want to talk about evil empires? Does anyone in any sport get more excited than beating Alabama? <laughs> College football team that beats Alabama truly feels like it's defeated the evil empire because that celebration ain't happening when you beat Kirby Smart. That celebration <laughs> is when you knock Nick Saban right down with the Aflac duck and three-toed Dion. <laughs> How awesome was it seeing the meme of Saban with his hair flying and ah! just going nuts. Calm down, Nick. You're going to lose every once in a while. Tough luck, Ski. Those goalposts will be in that river forever. Coming up, Sam Paniotovich on another week in the National Football League. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sam Paniotovich is up with Cofield and Candy. We're getting ready for NLCS right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We're also on ESPN Rito. Sam, how you doing, buddy? My poor guardians, buddy. My poor guardians. Damn it! I thought they got I thought they got the shaft yeah. not being able to play last night, but that's neither here or there, I guess. Well, your miracle ticket kinda of blew up anyway, Ooh, right? Ho. Oh, Yankees fan chiming in. Your uh your your miracle ticket kind of fell apart with uh was the Dodgers and the Guardians, right? Yeah, it did, but I had some skin on them. I, I had a big price on them mm. to go to the World Series, uh, to win the pennant. So I, look, it is what it is. We move on. We're on to Cincinnati, right? That's what Belichick mm. always says. Yes. Uh, do you want Yankees action at plus 175 against the Astros? No. Check that. Plus 155. No. 
Wow, that was quick. Why not? I don't know. I feel like that's a flip series. Um, it's so tough to bet against Houston. You know, they're just – you look at a franchise that over the last handful of years has gotten rid of Correa, Springer, and Garrett Cole, and they just continuously find a way to draft and develop new players. You have to respect what they're doing there, and it feels like the Astros are just a better team. Um, I, I don't want to bet the Yankees because I hate the Yankees, um, and I'm not going to lay minus 175, minus 180 on Houston. So it's a pass for me. I think the NLC uh, series is, is fascinating. You know, we all were talking about, well, it's inevitable that the Dodgers play the Braves, and both of those teams are long gone. So I can't wait to see Phillies and Padres. Candy, are you mad that uh, we have a Yankee hater on the show? Are you going to tolerate that? Yeah, you know, that's a new thing for me. I've never really experienced this whole <laughs> never. hating phenomenon. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Yeah. All right, Sam, I think you're good. I think you're, you're safe. We can hurt. move along. Um, yeah, pretty hurt. How pretty about hurt. the break for, I don't even know which book was doing it. Um, was there a boost last night for a Justin Herbert touchdown, and it was the first time in 27 games he didn't throw a touchdown pass? <laughs> the book actually well, won on this. If you listen to Chicken Dinner, you know I always say that boosts are BS. Um, yeah, I saw Herbert as high as like minus seven, eight dollars to throw a touchdown pass, and it was boosted to even money yeah. plus a hundred, and it didn't happen. Wow. And uh, you know, they usually pick things that they're okay with swallowing, if that makes any sense. Like I, I know in basketball, they always take like Giannis double double; they'll boost it from plus one fifty to uh, you know, or minus one fifty to plus one ten, and then it's like, oh my god, what a bad beat! But I, I mean, if you're betting something that a sports book is willing you to is willing to have you bet, you understand that like there's a reason they're boosting it, right? Like they're trying to sort of dangle free candy in your eye, and and more times than not, the candy isn't free. Like you end up losing the boost. Well, and this particular one, there were some journalists out there who actually went to DraftKings and said, "Are you going to consider a refund of this?" No. What? They're not. A refund for what? what? They, they gave you a discount exactly. from minus eight to plus one. I know. I, I No, it's absolute insanity. And then there was another clown out there in the uh, social verse today who said, oh, so it hasn't happened in 27 times, but now DraftKings puts a boost up. It's, they're all in cahoots. It's rigged. Shut no, up. It, it's not rigged. Shut up. Look, we see a lot of stupid stuff on, on social media and gambling, Twitter and all that. For example, this morning, there's a new content creator who has an OnlyFans, which tells you all you need to know about this content creator. But the record being portrayed out there in the open is that this person is 54 and 54. So 54 wins and 54 losses. Yet said person is up 100 units. Yes, that that is mathematically possible. Are they rolling 100%, in the? Yeah, are they rolling sense. in the profits from OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to my OnlyFans and subscribe for the record. I'm like, wait, what? What are we doing here? But no, Candy. Back to your point. There is no way the league is in cahoots. There's no way the league is telling Justin Herbert, "Hey, don't throw a touchdown pass." I think there are a hundred units on that OnlyFans. <laughs> 54 and 54, up 100 yeah. units. Somebody sent me that yeah, text. No, Do you I mean, believe like, this? I said, how is that? Yeah. How, how is it even possible? <laughs> no, it, I mean, come on. 
Uh, come on, even Vegas Dave doesn't give you that. Like, come on, that that's absolute uh, absolute insanity. All right, a- a- NBA firing it up tonight. Uh, Celts are on the court, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how you feeling about NBA futures as we get started? Anything you like that you played right before we uh, right before we get going here? Yeah, I played a little Joel Embiid to win MVP at about seven to one. You can still find around that price if you shop around. I think he's due. Um, he's, you know, perennially one of the best players in the league, but doesn't have the MVP hardware yet. Jokic has won it a couple times. There was the Giannis run before that. It was LeBron and Curry. I think Embiid's going to break through this year, assuming he stays on the floor. I think that's a really good bet at seven to one. And then I was looking at my buddy Matty D. Is a very good NBA exotic future player. He told me that we should bet Damian Lillard to lead the league in three pointers made at eight to one. Now, not not every book has this, so you sort of have to dive a little bit deep here. Curry's the favorite at about plus five fifty, but you know, with the, with the injury history and the fact that they don't really need to play him thirty five forty minutes a night, I don't think he's going to get the amount of shots up that other players will. And Damian Lillard, according to my guy Maddie, is a very good bet to lead the league in threes made at eight to one. How about that? I'd give that a roll if I could find it. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Sam Paniotovich is with us from Nesson, from Fox Sports. Uh, Circa Survivor, which, by the way, Legend Bay Casino has a Circa book up in Reno now. We're from, what, 60, was it 6,600 to start? We're going into week seven. There's less than 400 left. 382. I am still one of those 382. We were on the Rams last weekend, and uh, (laughs) look, for, for all the grenades that we avoided, I mean, think about all the teams that lost. The Bucks to the Steelers, the Packers to the Jets. You saw the Ravens lose to the Giants. And then there was another, oh, the Niners losing to the Falcons. So just four huge landmines that all exploded. 382 left. And I know we talk about this every week. You know, NFL doesn't start technically, starts on Thursday, but the big games all are on Sunday. I feel like I have to go with the Monday night free space. And I have to go Patriots with Belichick against Justin Fields. Like, I have to do that, right? It seems like a good play, but I don't want to get you too excited. Yes. I don't know what yes. that means. Oh, come on. No, Maybe I do. Yes. I just yes, mean, 100%. I just mean, yes. I just mean setting up expectations like you just said. There, there, it seems like there is no guaranteed game this year. The fact that you survived to this point is awesome. Well, I think that the key is, you know, mostly shorting bad quarterbacks, and we did that last week. I know my buddy that I split the entry with, he's like, well, everybody's going to bet the Rams. I'm like, I'm tired of that logic. Like, we can't pick a team because everybody's on them. Like, I would much rather key in a bet against a really bad quarterback like Justin Fields or P.J. Walker last week or key against a really bad team with a bad coach. And in this situation, I think we have all three. The Bears suck. Their coach is, is overmatched, and their quarterback is facing a defense that's getting better and better. So I will probably – you don't have to co-sign Cofield, but I, I, I imagine I will take the Patriots over the Bears on Monday night. When teams are down in the dumps in terms of their start, and I don't mean the team itself, I mean the betters look at a team and they're like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? What do we do? We buy low? What do we do with the Packers? What do we do with the Ravens? Well, I think it's a fascinating question, and the way I was sort of posing it – to you was, would you rather bet Packers to win the NFC or Ravens to win the AFC? Both teams right now are about 10 to 1 to win their respective conferences. And you understand that before the season, Green Bay was 4 or 5 to 1 to win the NFC, and Baltimore was like 6 7 to 1 to win the AFC. 
I am adamant the Packers are going to trade for a receiver. I think D.J. Moore is a very good fit. Carolina clearly is, is gutting the tree out of the ground. I think D.J. Moore gets traded somewhere. Green Bay makes a lot of sense. Their line is getting healthier. Their defense is still good. And the Packers are talented enough to rip off five out of six or six out of seven. So that's not a bad bet to buy low on Green Bay to win a very weak NFC at 11-1. Baltimore, they have three losses, but they're all close. They have three losses by a combined 11 points. Three, three, and five, I think, are their losses. So I think both teams have the talent. I like their coaches a lot. Which one would you rather bet, Packers at 11 or Ravens at 11 to win their conference? Candy? Packers. The path is just so much easier in the NFC this year that I don't want to have to go through Buffalo, Kansas City in the AFC to get my bet home. Who is it that I'm worried about in the NFC? I I know there's a lot of love for the Eagles, but the the Eagles to me are still a bit of a paper tiger with the schedule that they've played and the schedule that they're going to play. So I would rather bet the Packers there. Ditto. I would go with the Packers for the same exact reasoning. Well, and you look at the Candy's point. I mean, if you pull up that Eagles schedule, there's a lot of bad teams they've beaten. You give them credit for going 6-0, and but without looking, they've beaten the Commanders, the Lions, the Cardinals. There's a couple other bum teams on there. And then, really, if you're making a bet on a team to win a conference, you really just need to get them into the conference championship game, and then you could bet off it or you could sort of hedge it. I mean, after Philadelphia, there are a lot of flawed football teams whether it be Tampa Bay and a really bad offensive line and aging receivers, Minnesota, I, I, don't, I don't think that team is as good as people think. The Cowboys at quarterback are flawed. Um, you know, the Rams don't look any good. And then you got Green Bay, and it's like, all right, like all of those teams are sort of wishy-washy, but two teams have to make the conference championship, and why not put Aaron Rodgers in that conversation? I'm telling you, nobody wants to bet it now. That makes me kind of like it at 11-1. There you go. Uh, this week, we got the Texans coming into Vegas, and I've been trying to say to people, don't sleep on the Texans, at least as a side to bet, because if you look at the games they've played this year, Sammy, they've been competitive, and they not just uh, beat Jacksonville outright. They obviously did it with Indianapolis, taking them all the way to the gun, and they've been in every game down to the fourth quarter. Raiders don't get the advantage of having uh, you know, a whole lot of rest advantage here so what do you think about the texans catching the seven i think we'll look up at the end of the season candy and we will see houston as if not the best one of the best three or four cover teams in the nfl because i think you're you're getting very close to the nail and hitting it on the head nobody's going to want to bet the texans on a week-to-week basis because they're going to finish you know likely like three and 14 that's probably a very fair shake for them but that being said they're going to be getting bigger and bigger spreads the longer this season goes along. And I'll tell you what, for somebody who was very happy to take seven with the Raiders against Kansas City, I'm like, there's no reason the Raiders should be catching seven against anybody. On the flip side of that, there's no reason they should be laying seven either. I mean, come on. Yeah, could they blow out the Texans? I guess. But they have a really good offensive line, sneaky good. And their running back, Damian Pierce, is one of the best in football at yards after contact. Very sneaky team. Uh, there, there's no way, to repeat, there's no way I'm laying seven with Las Vegas. No shot. Last one, Sam. i got about 30 seconds left. Uh, there's no sense in betting Alabama, right? Everyone has these scenarios where seven teams are going to go unbeaten. Alabama's done. No Final Four. 
please. Nine to two right now. I already bet it. I bet a dime on them at nine to two to win the title. They're favored by double digits in their next five games. They're going to blow through all five, and they'll probably face Georgia in the SEC title game where they're, what, minus one, minus one and a half. The bet you make is the bet to get them to the SEC title game. That's the bet. Nine to two. It's a very solid bet. they got to win five games against very inferior opponents. I think you should think about it. Sam, appreciate it. I want you to take this week away from us to think about your Yankee hatred and uh, be better next week, please, my friend. Mm, all right, see you. Bye, Candy. Oh, that was nice. Later, bud. He didn't ignore you on the way out. <laughs> I figured he might, you being a Yankee fan. Tell you what, the last time I saw Sam Paniotovich was after the Yankees had blown a 10th inning lead to the Red Sox outside Fenway Park. So he had me in my, at my most humble as a Yankee fan. See you, Candy. Baseball up next.